I don't understand. You, you, you never talk to her about other women? Never. Wait a second. That's her. On the right. I forgot who I am. Who am I? You're you. We're having lunch with Art Corvalet. Vandalay. Corvalet. Let me be the architect. I can do it. I can do it. What's going on, everybody? This is the show. I am your host, Alex Lee. Got <clears throat> my good buddy here, CJ Ward. How you doing, CJ? Back at him again. Ready to rock. Hot coffee. Uh, chill vibes. I'm ready to go, man. You ready to go? Well, I'm ready to rock. I, I am too, so we should just jump right into it. Uh, this is the show, the Seinfeld Podcast. We are uh, just starting off, but we've made it through one episode, and we're on to the second. Hey, episode that's progress two. right there. Progress. progress one, one episode at a time. Uh, the second episode is actually the stakeout. Now, it wasn't the second episode ever uh, shot or filmed. That actually goes to male unbonding. Uh, with the friend, uh, uh, male friendship breakup episode. Uh, but the executives and producers of the show felt that this episode was needed to establish the Jerry and Elaine relationship like right away from the get-go. Probably smart to go with the, the male-female relationship first. I mean, you are still looking to draw an audience, and I, 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 I do think that's the smarter play first. And then you go, okay, and now these two guys, you know, these two friends. Uh, I, I, I think it's a smart choice, frankly. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it, it, it does. It, it sets up a lot of uh, relationships, which I think we both agree is the theme of this episode. Yeah, um, most definitely. Th- this episode that aired on May 31st, 1990. Uh, it was the first uh, episode to air... After the pilot had aired on July fourth, nineteen eighty nine, and it did uh, did really good in the ratings. It did so well; it was actually so popular that it was the first episode of Seinfeld to be nominated for an award. Huh. They're two up. Ep- they're two episodes in, and they're already getting award noms. Greatest show of all time. So this episode was nominated for a Writers Guild Award in nineteen ninety one. So. Uh, from the get-go, NBC pretty much had a bona fide, you know, hit on their hands. Gold. Yeah, gold, Jerry. Gold. So, uh, jumping right in, we get our first stand-up, uh, the opening stand-up. And I love this joke. Dude, this I joke do. is so dated. Oh, man. There's it some is dated. In this episode. It is the dated, but it, it's a good joke. joke. It is if you know what a check is. <laughs> I mean, I know what a check is. I find it funny, but like, and in in this decade, I have seen somebody pay with a check at the grocery store. I've never. But it's so few and far between. I've never done it. I can't really remember of a time when I was You've a kid of maybe my my parents. No, no, I've I've written the check, but not like for like a grocery, grocery store. store. I'm no, not, I've never used I'm not like the, the dude store. in the Big Lebowski writing a check for eighty three cents or whatever for a carton of milk. Well, because uh, you know that check's gonna bounce. <laughs> he knows that check's gonna bounce. But like, what I was thinking is like I can't remember like a time where like even like my parents used a check. 
But it was something that I was definitely aware of, you know, happening in the 90s. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a fair point if you know what a check is in, in this 2020 uh, day and age. I don't know. I, I love this joke. I think it's really funny. It's funny. I think his execution delivery of it is is very good. He takes the t- in he takes the time for for the expressions. He he does like like the western gun animation uh, when he's when he's talking about when he's the the male saying you know like uh, uh, this this is like a piece of paper that's from your parents that say I don't have money now, but I'll pay can you, you t- later. Can you take this? Can you take I this? this? I, I have and- this. I wrote on it. Like he, he takes the time for like each each spot to really hit. It has a good beat to it. I think this is like I can see myself at a comedy club and laughing to this joke. Yeah, what? I think if this this guy should have his own show. Uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned uh, facial expressions because I I have a note about that uh, coming up uh, shortly. Uh, about Jerry's facial expressions and and how he's not always known as the best actor, but I think here we see some of maybe his best acting. Yeah, um, for sure. But before we get to that, uh, we have to get to one more really dated reference, and that is two friends out at night at a video rental store. I love it. I <laughs> I even have in my notes video stores with three exclamation points. Yeah, we, we've started off this episode with a joke about checks and two people in a video store. Like, if you're watching this in 2020 and you're like, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years old, you're going to be like, what, am, what is this? I don't understand what I'm watching. And that's not – I'm not trying to slight, like, younger people, but it's just – it is it is a fun little tidbit about this show. It's just because it is a little dated early on, you see things that, like, are just gone, like, that just don't exist anymore. Speaking of not existing anymore, one of our biggest complaints in the last episode with uh, uh, the Seinfeld Chronicles was like the music was awful. You know, right from the get go, we're like, oh, the music was bad. Already in this episode, you already have that like, like to open the show that that slight little like like drum signal, and then the I music is all that. already better. I didn't notice that. It's still we're still not quite to where. We what we know of that iconic, you know, tune and guitar riff, but it's definitely you definitely see see the basis of it there. That's a good catch. I, I we we did because we did spend a good note talking about the music last time that it it definitely sounds a lot better this time. So uh, jump back to Jerry and Elaine in the video store, and they're just kind of you know. Can you imagine what like a New York City like like that's what I try and imagine like because like you go down like these like streets in New York City and they're all these little itty bitty like quick in and out type of places, and I thought even with the set they do a good job of like capitalizing on like this is what it would be like if you just kind of like walk in and here's like a small little video store. It reminds me of Clerks. Yeah, yeah, a little bit for sure. I didn't think about that. Um, Just that boutique kind of hole in the wall. We get a lot of uh, information about kind of Jerry and Elaine and their sort of friendship. Like we're we we've gone from an episode where the female character was a waitress to now it's Jerry and this woman that we've never seen him with before. And they're they're given a lot of exposition basically about like their relationship with each other. First dating reference is, is in here. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to lay it from the get-go. These two people used to date. They don't um, anymore. No, they they're don't anymore. They're, they're just friends, which, yeah, that's that's always worked out. Which I think in 1990, you know, it's it's a very interesting choice to say, yes, our two, our, our male and our female lead have already been in a relationship and they're no longer in a relationship and you will never see them in a relationship. I think that's a pretty bold move to just right off the bat, basically telling your viewers, don't expect any Sam and Diane bullshit here. Right. Um, and what I love is the bargaining. Like, it, it, that's what friends do. Like, I think, like, this is what friends wish they could do, but because Jerry and Elena have slept together, it's like, oh, you need me to go to a birthday party with you. Well, I need a date to a wedding. You know what I it's, mean? It's, like, it's somebody the perfect asks little you a, relationship. Yeah, like your your friend asks you for a favor, you're like, yeah, man, I got your back no matter what. But like this friend that you kind of have this elevated relationship with needs something from you and you don't want to do it and you counter with, well, I need you to do something for me. I don't think that you could just ask just like a normal or even a good friend sort of that sort of reciprocation type of, of deal. And let's be real, the wedding date is a much greater ask than a birthday party date. Yes, Yes, and, and, yeah, I don't have much more on that. I think that's a great point. Book it. One last note about the video store. Uh, Jerry picks up uh, a public fornication movie. A, a, a erotic expose, if you will. Uh, given my extensive, you know, proclivity for research, I did spend some time trying to find this movie. Uh-huh, all I could uh-huh. really, Little, all uh, I could really tab. source... Uh, all I could really source was a name, Emerald Dimples. Emerald Dimples. Emerald Dimples. I got kind of a Wizard of Oz vibe from it. I could not find. I could not find a. I like the dimples uh, above video those cover. So if um, I know John Oliver recently has had some success asking his fans if they have uh, rat erotica from <laughs> from around the early '90s that he could purchase. Uh, and they came through for him. So I'm asking, you know, what few fans we may have at this point. If you have a copy of Emerald Dimples, uh, I'm willing, like, to, to, to pay for that and potentially, I guess, donate some money to a food bank or something because that's what John Oliver did. So I'm not going to throw any dollar numbers out because I'm, I'm poor. So, But I will donate if somebody has a copy of Emerald Dimples and is like, yeah, you can have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. We'll make a, a solid donation to the human fund. <laughs> Money for people. I did like the all the stickers covering up all the all the naughty scenes on the back of the case, the VHS case. Probably another look at that three scenes. No, two scenes in were were three dated items right there. Checks, stores, and VHS tapes. But not just VHS tapes. Porn on VHS tapes. Oh, why? Why even have it? You don't, you don't need it anymore. I mean, I mean, nudie magazines still exist, which is crazy to me. Out of all the magazines, to you know that are going under and everything, nudie magazines. But people I mean, will pay for their you know for their fetish. So it's sometimes it's cheaper than you know paying for Wi-Fi, I guess. <laughs> Bet fair enough. So uh, after they bargain for this whole wedding date, birthday party date, uh, we jump right into the next evening. With uh, Jerry and Elaine walking into a restaurant, uh, Jerry. I didn't bring a gift. Jerry... I'm sorry, I didn't bring a gift. 
you don't like it was so cringy to me because i was like jerry you don't have to tell everybody you didn't bring a gift man like just be cool be low-key apologize to the birthday girl be like listen i'm really sorry uh, i'm filling in for somebody last minute you know i'll get you back you know they don't announce to the whole table there the, the, there always seems to be a, a running complaint on this show about having to provide gifts to other people Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're you're absolutely right, George. George does not like getting gifts for people, and he's not even in this scene. But you're right; this plays into the long, long-term uh, themes of what we'll see of how the gang feels about different things. Jerry's facial expressions. This is this was the scene I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, his a good scene his, for it. his facial his facial expressions during his inner monologues are just they're priceless to me because you can. You can like you can feel his emotion. Like he doesn't emote a lot. He's very robotic. But this is one of those times where you can see exactly what he's thinking. You don't need that inner monologue. And I just I really I really enjoyed watching him like, you know, actually act and, and kind of fall into his character of like, Oh, I'm interested in this and I gotta also pretend to be interested in that, but I really wanna be back over here. It was it was fun. I, I, I really got a kick out of it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Vanessa. I think she. she I thought she had a great personality. She had a nice personality. She was very funny, very quippy. Uh, I I had noted that when Jerry is having to listen to Elaine talk about wooden teeth, she kind of like does that little glance over with that longing look in her eye, and I just was like, oh yeah, yeah. These these are the signals that Jerry is actually picking up. Do you remember what the uh, what the law firm is? Uh, Sagan Bennett Robbins uh, something Tap. Simon Bennett Robbins Hoppenheimer Taff. Simon Bennett Robbins Hoppenheimer Taff. I thought it was Sagman. Simon, is it Sagman? Wiki Wiki sign has Sagman. Well, Sagman Bennett Robbins Oppenheimer. Half, half, yeah. Well, okay. Then uh, I need to get my ears checked. Yeah, probably. You know, maybe get some closed captioning descriptions on there. <laughs> closed captioning is uh, dumb. So we haven't really talked much about Elaine in this scene. She's not really in it. I mean, she's in it, but she's more of like this scene's really about Jerry. But my note about her is her hair is just wild in this scene. Her, her hair is wild. I I have note that I really hate those dream conversations. That's every dream conversation is you were you, but you weren't you. Like that is, and and then and then I think we were back at this place. That's everybody who talks to you about a dream. That is almost exactly what they say, and I I can't stand it. Uh, you are you are Dennis Reynolds, sir. <laughs> uh, That's you, another you know his, podcast. You know his quote on dreams, right? What? No, no. Shoot. His his he 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 feels uh, he feels about dreams how he feels about people trying to show him photographs. Uh, if he's not in any in any of them and nobody's naked he just doesn't give a shit that's 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 a per that that yep book it and i don't live my life by a lot of dennis reynolds philosophies but that's definitely one of them so after um after jerry and uh who vanessa he doesn't know her name is vanessa yet have some 
flirtatious fun she has to take off, and Jerry and Elaine catch a cab home, and Elaine is none too thrilled with Jerry's behavior. No, she wasn't. She wasn't too too happy with seeing him kind of kind of be a bit of a flirt in public because because she catches him on the on the walk out when when Vanessa and what we find to be her her, her cousin mm. when they walk out. Elaine catches Jerry on that stair, and you can tell, oh, man, she she wasn't too thrilled with that. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily fair, because she invited him, they've agreed to be friends. If, If he randomly, it's not like he went there with the intention of hooking up or flirting with somebody, he... No, but the first time... He went there to support her. The first time of, you know... Seeing someone do that outside of what was a very personal relationship, I feel can be a little bit yeah on on the difficult side the first time. I think she overreacted a little bit. I I see where you're coming from. I think I think she could have expressed her feelings, but also I've also acknowledged that I also you know I can't I can't stop you from you know flirting so. I just wasn't expecting it, and I, you know, I should have, you know, I should be a little more aware of that. But I, you know, I think she overreacts, but I think, I think you're right. I think the reaction there itself is maybe a little warranted. Uh, again, her hair, her hair looks even bigger and wilder in this scene. Well. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I had to, like, I noticed it first in this scene, and I had to go back to the restaurant scene, you say, because she's not in it very much, to double check. I was like, did her hair change? Like, am I missing something? Because in the back of that cab, it just looks like it looks like it's hitting the top of the cab, and I just it it cracks me up like every time I see it. I love Elaine's hair; it's the best. <laughs> pretty quick scene, pretty quick. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's I, short little, it's a little follow up. Yeah, uh, but I like it. I think it I think it adds to the uh, the, the the theme of relationships in this scene where they're what the executives wanted, well, we got to establish this relationship between Jerry and Elaine right away. So, you know, viewers care. And this is important in doing that. You know, she's upset and we got to know why she's upset and we have to see them fight. I mean, how many times do we see Jerry and Elaine fight in this series? Oh, I mean the, the whole group, you know, they're but, always fighting with but each Jerry other. Jerry and Elaine in general, but establish it early that, yeah, we're going to be fighting a lot, but, we're also going to be remaining friends, so these little petty squabbles don't mean much in the long run, so maybe don't look too much into them. Yeah. And uh, after after that quick little cab ride, uh, we jump into uh, the second stand-up, where Jerry's talking about Plato uh, and platonic friendship. Uh, any thoughts on this joke? It's okay. It, it, I mean, I, I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts on it. It was just kind of just a... A breaker in the moment, or, or a breaker, a break in the moment. Um, kind of, kind of okay. You know, here's here's the change of beat uh, in the episode. Reconics okay. You know, yeah. It's like, dude, that is so lame. Not a very strong joke, but one that you know gets you to the next scene. I think he chooses Rico. I think people are like, why Rico? Why is that? Like, that's offensive. That might be the... I think he's playing on that... I think it was that song. Rico Suave. Rico Suave. 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 
yeah, and yeah. I don't think and I don't think people that I don't know. There's just like any any anybody after post 2000, like anything that happened in the 90s, just doesn't just just doesn't exist to them. I feel like sometimes. But, like, that's where it comes from. Like, if you don't know about Rico Suave, that, you know, one-hit wonder from the 90s that, you know, has no business ever being played on the radio, you're going to think that Jerry's kind of being kind of a prick here. Uh, I think that's how it kind of comes off. But if you know, like I said, if you know what he's talking about, like, if you know what a check is, you know the song Rico Suave. But it's it's still very mediocre for, for, for Seinfeld. Personally, I think. Personally, I find Rico a very attractive name. You you personally find Rico an attractive name? Personally. But, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's just, it's just a throwaway joke. Do you like it enough to name your firstborn child Rico? No. No. Uh, that goes to seven. I swear to God, no. No. I'm choosing seven. I'm, I came up with it. I'm not doing so. I said it first. I told you about it. You should name your kid Soda. Uh, Maybe Cosmo. So on to on to Jerry's apartment. Jerry comes home, and again, much like that first episode, we're seeing just kind of events as they occur in Jerry's life. We're not having a bunch of skip arounds. We're not jumping around from storyline to storyline just yet. Um, so Jerry comes home, and who does he find in his bed? His mom and dad still. Still a studio apartment, by the way. Yep, because his bed is in his living room, uh, in the couch, and he is staying across the hall. I think the most obvious thing in this uh, in this scene is this is not this is not Morty. This is not our you know. This is our this is grumpy, grumpy old man. This is Philip Bruns and. You know, I looked him up on on IMDb. Dude's got a hundred and eleven credits on IMDb, and I really didn't I really didn't recognize a whole lot of them. When Barney Martin comes in, I think he does a better job. Oh, he's so I I actually have in my notes this Marty is dull. Yeah, <laughs> it really brings down the scene, and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, and like he just doesn't seem into it. It's not a good. I don't know. I didn't think he bring, he brought anything really to the character. He doesn't, and I and it, it kind of sucks for him to like be a part of this like once in a lifetime thing and just kind of not nail it. Now, as dull as he is, he does come up with the idea for the stakeout, and I think the the banter he kind of has with Helen in that scene is is the most is is the Morty that they're looking for because that's the Morty I think we see Barney play you know for the rest of the series can i give you I think there's some... a little tidbit about barney martin real fast that absolutely I, that I know he comes in later and we're not really talking about him today uh but we touched on you know six degrees of seinfeld yada 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 mm-hmm. you mentioned uh 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 someone with pickles and we talked about rugrats <laughs> yeah so so to play off the nickelodeon cartoon did you know that in Barney Martin's uh, IMDb page, he has a voice for a Nickelodeon cartoon? And I'm going to let you uh, – do you know what Nickelodeon cartoon that is? Uh, I'm going to guess some of my favorites. Uh, the Angry Beavers. Nope. Hey Arnold. Nope. Uh, S- same time period though. Okay. Same time period. 
Uh, I'll go again. Rugrats. Nope. I'll I'll give you one more. <sighs> Kablam. Ooh, no. Love that show though. God dang. I, um, I was reaching with that. All one. real monsters. Ah. All real was monsters. He main character or no, no, just just in like one or two episodes. But okay. in like those episodes, he he does like three characters. Wonderful. So That's just uh, again, six degrees of Seinfeld and Nickelodeon. Everything. Everything's connected to Seinfeld and Nickelodeon, including our childhood. <laughs> I enjoyed this scene. We we see Jerry has a very open relationship with his parents. You know, he's <laughs> the physical no... comment, the yeah, the physical chemistry, and, and the parents are like, but, oh. Well, I think he makes that comment because his parents are kind of nagging him. Like, he doesn't mind sharing his life and, and being open with them, but they can come off maybe a little naggy, maybe a little intrusive sometimes. So I think he drops stuff like that just to make them uncomfortable. Be like, hey, you want to be friends. This is a part of being friends with me. Yeah. So I, I, I think he actually made that comment on purpose to purposefully make them uncomfortable. Um. I also I actually found it pretty inappropriate that uh, his mother Helen mentioned something about Elaine's weight. Ooh, yeah, you, but that's t- I mean, it's <laughs> like very, very I, motherdom. But uh, yeah, and I was just like, that's like, what is that? What does that have to do with anything? Because she's probably a little inappropriate for sure. Yeah, like I just I, I it's I, I feel that it's something a, a mother would say. I'm not yeah. saying it's inappropriate and they shouldn't have said it. But I just... more like a mother-in-law more yeah. than just like yeah, for sure. a mother. Tackling those sort of boundaries and social situations that Seinfeld is just notorious for. Just because it's inappropriate, you know, you kind of need to point out that it's inappropriate so we know that. So I just – I found that just interesting. Like she just kind of like threw it in randomly, a comment about Elaine's weight. No, it was sort of positive, but I just didn't – see the need to go you know bringing up her weight for any reason jerry discusses the whole uh birthday dinner with his parents and and he starts probing you know his dad about law firms and he gets the uh he gets the idea from his dad to stake out the lobby and what what is this something you would ever do no but this does also sound like a very oh wait 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 back that up Yes, I would. You probably started do this. to say no, and then immediately was like, "Well, wait a second. Yep, I yep, started I to. I started to backtrack that and think, man, some of the things I have done to try and get on a a date, um, I would definitely try this. But I, I was going on to the point that this does seem like a very dad thing to say. But yeah, I mean, I've done some dumb things to try and get on a date. I. Uh, I told a girl to come play frisbee with me in in college, but I told her to come like an hour before I told everybody else to come, just ah. to, just to try and hang out with her for a little bit. Oh, um, everybody is. Why is everybody so late? Yeah, That's I was like, oh, they're it. they're coming. They text me. Oh, they'll be here in thirty minutes. They'll be fine. So how are you? Um, nice. I've I've done some some pretty in my mind crafty crafty things so yeah this probably does seem up my alley but this is it's it's a great scene it's a fantastic scene the scene we're about to talk about to me is another one of those like 
scenes that when you look back at Seinfeld, you're like, oh, yeah, that also sets up so many things to come. Oh, absolutely. And while you you may be a little more Jerry in this situation, I think I'm so much more George where I don't know if I would necessarily have the gumption to pull off the stakeout. I would definitely be more than willing to be the sidekick that tags along just to see how it all plays out and then come up with just stupid names and fake jobs to give us a, a reason to be there. Oh my gosh. We have to just jump to this scene. Yeah, this, yeah, this no, scene there, is yeah. so, so great. The, the, whole, the whole fake job scene, the first name, Bert Hardinson or something like that, I, I think it was. Harbinson. And, Harbinson. And then it goes to Art Corvallet. Valet. <laughs> and then just I, I, out of nowhere, it's Art Vandalay, just like really quick. And then that sets up so many jokes that come in the future. That literally um, go to the end of the series. That's another bookend joke. The architect, you know, George, oh, for some reason, always wanting to be an architect. Started right here. The importer, He's an importer exporter. It, it's that that's classic Seinfeld beat. That's that's the beat yeah. of the joke that Seinfeld yeah. is known for between those two characters. Yeah. All of this is gonna. I mean, all of this that we're talking about comes up again and again and again throughout the series. It's and it all started right here, like these funny, silly little throwaway, like little lines that you don't really think about at the time. And I, I mentioned in the, the last episode that, that one of the things um, about George then was that he was trying to be uh, the Woody Allen character that got him the job in, in the interview, or in the audition, rather. Right. Um, this, to me, it seems like he, he's kind of figured out, oh, like, like he's already figured out to this point, I'm, I'm more of Larry David. This seems more of a Larry David-type character than the Woody Allen character was. Well, you know this this whole episode with the stakeout, that whole idea is based on a real Larry David story. Oh, so yeah, see, then then that makes perfect sense. Like, he's the one who actually staked out the woman's uh, work lobby uh, hoping to run into her so he could get a date. So this is, this is, a, this is a Larry David product through and through. But I could see the exact same, the exact same uh, portrayal of that scene by Larry David himself in in like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Like, did like he to not me, do it, was, it in Curb? It, did he do it in Curb? I thought he'd had. Oh, I need to catch up on my Curb. Um, but I, I just, I can really see the similarities, you know, to this point already between the two. For sure, yeah. Like all the bits that you that you hit on, I'm just I'm a I'm a super big fan of. Uh, and to you know, it, it worked out in his it worked out in his favor. I mean, it worked. You can't be mad. It worked. Like he no, yeah. He got he. It didn't come off you know creepy or weird. He played it cool. You know, maybe maybe George. Kind of, kind of, maybe threw it a little bit at the end, but Jerry's got to be one of the smoothest men. The, the the closing line of "Do you date immature men?" and then her her comeback with almost, almost exclusively, almost exclusively, <laughs> like that's that's fucking smooth. 
yeah, it, it's oh, super smooth, but also I think kind of shows a little bit about like who, like Jerry talking about, do you date immature men? She says almost exclusively like Jerry is immature though. Well, like, yeah, he's but not I mean, being silly there. He's actually like he may be trying to be a little self-deprecating, but he's pretty immature. Oh yeah, but just by nature, but you know, I, I think in a flirty way, it's it's more of like uh, I'm a I'm a comic, I'm a cartoon. You're gonna have to deal with it. I guess that's why I watch this. You know, watching things like Tiny Toons and whatnot. <laughs> um, so Jerry gets his date. And uh, he goes home, and uh, next we see him uh, in his apartment playing Scrabble with his mom because he's a good kid. He loves his parents. Uh, they're in town. I think he, his dad's polishing his, yeah, his, his shoes. Yeah, his dad's shining shoes. I love that. Just classic old old Florida man. I'm going to shine my shoes. Um, and we get uh, Kramer entrance number two. Uh, and I like this. He enters and he greets, uh, Helen and Morty and they greet him back. And we know that there's this right from the get go. This is an established relationship. They know who he is. He knows who they are. Everybody in this room is friends. And, and I like that. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I also like that he asked for salad dressing. <laughs> First episode, do you have any meat? Second episode, is do you have any salad dressing? I mean... But, you know, even his salad still looks dry when he's playing Scrabble. I don't think he, don't think he used all that much. Or maybe he's a... Maybe he, he's a vinaigrette guy more than a than a creamy Italian or a Caesar. I, I don't know. Um, I also loved uh, Kramer. I mean, he, he's had, I, what, in the two episodes, he's had just a couple minutes of screen time and he just steals it. He just steals it every time he's on screen. He, when, is... when he's not even doing anything, when, when he's just sitting there interacting with Jerry's mom, like it's, it's, it's just, he, he's great. Yeah. There's a whole conversation going on between Jerry and his mom and his dad and, and Kramer is sitting there helping out Helen <laughs> And they're trying to figure something out. And she mentioned something about not wanting to use some tiles because he might have Z's. Z's, yeah. And and immediately Kramer starts leaning over to try and see what Jerry's tiles are. And it's so subtle. And he see him come back and he shakes his head. And they start, you know, game planning. And it just, it, it just, he's so funny. He does not have to be the center of the scene. And he will find a way to make you laugh. Just for my, for my own... Uh, my own Kramer counter is this. Is this entrance three? That's entrance two. We've only seen him twice. Oh, with the dog, with right? The dog. So you have wasn't the, the door open though? The door the was meat. open. The door was open. The door was open. Okay, so it's not a full okay, entrance. Okay, so this is two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Correcting my my notes as as we speak. Yeah. And this is uh, Jerry's uh, quote-unquote second girlfriend, Vanessa, because right. uh, she will be seen later later on. But because he gets a date, it does account uh, account as an official uh, his official uh, second girlfriend. And then there's the very funny ending to this scene with uh, the whole dispute over the word quone. Uh, I always get a kick out of it. Quone. We need a medical dictionary. When the patient gets upset, you quone them. 
before we move on, I do have to mention that another thing that they they really did good with uh, Elaine here, and, and they do it again throughout the series. I think is her 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 little like sticks to Jerry, like like when she knows something oh, that he did. Yeah, we didn't. He even doesn't mention, know. I didn't even mention the phone message. You're right. Like this is I I think that's good good character development already with her that. That she likes to, uh, you know, uh, she asks how how his meeting was with with Art Vandelay. Yeah, she knows exactly. And then, you know, oh, she knows. It's it's those little things like that. that I'm like, oh, that's good. Uh, we've known this character for all of fifteen, 15 minutes. minutes at at this point, and we are we're already getting a sense of who she is and their relationship. Now, yeah, and it's, and it's she great. Can, she can kind of take it in stride. Like you, you, you get the sense that that's not really a malicious comment, more of a "I know what you did, you goober." Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, it's it's definitely seen as as more playful. Yeah, good point. Thanks for for catching that. I can't believe I didn't. I didn't and there's stop that us there. The, there is that 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 feeling in like the the pit of your stomach when you're like, oh man, like like now I'm nervous. Like how is she gonna react? I don't know. She seems to be okay, but is she? Is she gonna be mad? She's still coming, but I don't know. Well, we're those, about to find out. As as we've talked about before, as you said before, those those in life moments that like Seinfeld kind of deals with. Yeah, like I don't know how she feels about this, so we're gonna just play it by ear, I guess. Next scene, last scene of the episode. It's everybody getting ready to go to uh, that family wedding. Uh, we've got a very funny Jerry relative, um, but the important thing is the uh, Elaine Jerry awkwardness that we see, and they address it right away. I think you know. Do you want to do it here? Do you want to? It's, it's dude. It's always better to just to hit it right there. Let's just get it done with. Yeah, like a band aid, right off. Right off. Um. Yeah, I think it it shows their their growing friendship sort of understanding and tackling these different boundaries where they're not, you know, they're not dating anymore, but they want to maintain this friendship, but how they go about doing this, this without upsetting or hurting the other person's feelings inadvertently. So I think it shows that they both care about the other person and they want to, you know, I, 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 it's one of the, I, I said, uh, they, they sort of established some boundaries on how they want to go about, you know, talking about these things. And I think it's one of the most mature things this, this show ever does. So the show itself is fairly yeah. immature at times. Um, but sort of, you know, tackling this, we dated, we are now friends, and we're, you know, going through this process together. So let's figure out how we can do this together. I thought it was a very mature a mature thing for this silly little sitcom about nothing to be tackling and uh i like that she she comes back at him with the equalizer you know well i met this guy he's like this he's hilarious oh i love that that was a prod that was a a a calculated uh rocket league calculated maneuver right there oh he's hilarious of course you say that to the comedian (laughs) uh and then they're their little back and forth as as they go out the door was was really funny, really good. That's that's good Jerry as well. You know the you know when you're on a stakeout, do you feel it's better to creep up the door like this, or do you hide behind a big hide behind plant? a plant? I, I yeah, I love it. This, this this is another good scene between two characters that you're gonna showing see the show. that we can 
be silly and goof off with each other, you know, about things that, you know, you know, may have been a misunderstanding. I enjoyed the way that that resolved for them. It was a it, it you definitely feel that, OK, they're going to be friends from here on out. Like I can definitely I buy, I buy that. I buy that. You're selling it to me. I'm buying it. Outside of the whole Jerry Elaine banter, his cousin, uncle, whoever that is, is absolutely hilarious. Oh, uh, which one? Why did I bring the wagon? Why did I bring the wagon? Oh, uh, Just such a little twat. Is I that is that Artie Levine? Levine. Ah, Levine. I'm Jerry Cougar Mellencamp. Like I don't even understand that joke. Like why is that funny? I don't. I don't understand. know. Like, why? Why did he use uh, Cougar Mellencamp for Le- Levine Levine? I'm guessing there's a dated reference there that I'm just surprisingly I mean, too young to understand. Maybe John Cougar Mellencamp was was like bigger than really what we thought, but I don't. I don't think so. I. I seriously doubt that. <laughs> uh, but I, I do. I love, I love his just comments and what, what he brings to this scene, and like we'll never see him again. It's just some, just why did I bring the wagon? He, why did he, I bring the wagon? He like, really it, looks, he really looks like the same guy in uh, uh, what's the later episode? Uh, oh man. The one where he gets stuck at the, at the, shit, at the at the at the dinner party, he gets stuck out there. Kramer comes oh, out there and gets him. He yeah. looks just like that guy, Michael Chiklis. Yeah, yeah, but no, not him. Wait, the Michael That's, Chiklis? Yes, we're gonna get. Trust me, man. Like we're gonna get to all these kids. Why did I not? Why is that? Do you know how many stranded? famous? Famous before they were famous people. Yeah, The Stranded. Yeah, that's the one. The famous before they were famous people were on this show. And we'll get to all of that. Yeah, we're going to get there. So, a final shot of the night. Uh, Stand-up number three. Uh, he does a bit about being friends after dating. And I, I like his comparison. I don't know why, but every time I watch this episode and it gets to, to this joke... I'm always surprised because it. I always associate this joke with a, another later episode, uh, the deal, um, with him and Elaine. Uh, I always think that this joke belongs in that episode. So when I hear it here, I'm like, this seems out of place to me. Um, but it's a great joke. Foreshadowing. To to kind of end out this episode. I mean, it it kind of sums it right up. Yeah, like it's just like two magicians dating. You know each other's tricks. Uh, I think it's a great like. I like, I like when the stand-ups play into the themes of the episode. Um, they don't always do. Sometimes one does, and none of them do. But I, I like it when they do, and you definitely feel that with these uh, stand-ups in this episode. And he, and he, he definitely finishes on a, on a strong one. A note about all his stand-ups. So in this episode, all the jokes come from the same set because he's wearing the same wool tie and jacket. That same up. amazing jacket. That jacket yeah. is fantastic. That is that that jacket screams it's 1990. And this is different from what we saw in the pilot, where he is shown going to the stand-ups throughout the. Uh, he's he's going to the stand-ups as a part of his daily life and we see different jokes from different stand-ups but instead it's 
one set, three jokes throughout the episode that have to do with the episode, but they're not going to, we're not going to take time out to be like, oh, look, here's Jerry, you know, going to a stand up. We might as well do a cutaway here. So I found that interesting. Like they're already starting to, to, what to was move the, away uh, from those. What was this? The uh, st- stand up cutaway uh, count in episode one again? Last I checked, 562. Ah, so we only get three stand-up cutaways here, which already jump from episode one to episode two. Like, ah, we we, we need more story, and, and then we'll kind of use the stand-up to kind of to guide it. Yeah, we got we got the very nice beginning, middle, and end, and and I like that. And like we, we, we talk, we'll talk about, they definitely move away from it later on, which is a good and a bad thing in and of itself but i think for now they're just they're a really nice little button they're 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 i didn't watch tv in 1990 because i was two uh but i can imagine based on the way tv is nowadays and what it was when i was growing up you didn't have a dude cutting away from you know regular regular you know stationary camera acting to tell jokes i just know you didn't have that so doing that and committing to that for the six uh, seven seasons that they did it i just it's a it's a testament to to what makes seinfeld the most unique and one of the greatest television shows of all time yeah i concur doctor and uh that that wraps up the episode the stakeout yeah love it cups of coffee how many you give? How many? How many cups of coffee you give in this one? Yeah, I think this is a solid three and a half. Um, I think it's a funny episode. I, I, I want to, say that, you know, there's still room for improvement. Um, but only because I know what the show, you know, when it's running at its optimum, what it's like. What it's like. Yeah, I, I, I also kind of tempered my, my rating as well. With I, I matched you three and a half for the same reasons. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. It's good. I think it's written well. Uh, it's it's another episode that you can go back to time and time again, and you enjoy. Um, but like you said, you're like, oh, but I know what it's gonna be like. So let's let, let's kind of throttle this down a little bit because it's not it's not yeah, quite for there. what seems to be a great episode is only a three and a half to to both of us. Um, you know, and that's even with like peak uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Oh my god! We haven't god. even talked about that. She is '90s hot, bro, and 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 now she's she's still hot doing Veep. And but but now I, she's more milf. I love hot. her. This is this is more like independent single lady hot. I I love her. She cracks me up. She's she's great, and I think this is. I, I think. Later on, you know, especially in the years where she was to become pregnant, and she she starts to glow a little bit more. And you're like, oh man, this is this is good JLD for sure. for sure. So we've got our rankings, and then we've got our 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 lists. Have you? Uh, we're we're two episodes in, two episodes down, 178 to go. Did this one make it to anybody's list? Is this a a top? Uh, Kramer Lane. I mean, we didn't even. We got one scene of George in this episode. Uh, do you think this belongs and, on a best random? Is this one of the worst? Well, I guess we know it's not one of the worst. No, it's it still doesn't make my list. I think these lists personally are going to 
be hard for me. Um, I think more of them will will come when we start getting more into the meat of the of the series. Right. But I think I think this does a really good job of jumping you off to to the series. I just don't see it popping up on on any of my my personal lists. Yet. I I can I can safely say that I don't think I have any first season episodes on my list, but I know I right, know right. the second season definitely has some uh seasons 2, 3 and 4 are probably going to be loaded with where my lists yeah. are and it'll probably taper off just cuz those are those first the first four seasons are definitely my favorite. Well, season 2 has I mean season 2 has has arguably one of the best episodes of the entire series in it with the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. I I see I yeah. And the phone message. I mean, it goes the, on and the, on and on and on and on. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that we're is, gonna get there, but we got season. That one is to deal this with podcast, first. but it's 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 later in this podcast. You're on you're on it's the right future. podcast for sure. We're gonna get to these episodes, and we're gonna talk about them. And by the time that Seinfeld is rolling, we'll be rolling, and life will be fantastic. Absolutely. Maybe we'll get to go back outside by that time. I. I sure hope so. But in the meantime, I don't mind sitting in during quarantine and just rewatching Seinfeld. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, that's it. That's the stakeout. That's our thoughts and our feelings on it. This is the show. <laughs> At this point, we're not changing the damn thing. We're not changing it. Uh, I'm Alex Lee. I'm CJ Ward. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.